Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Good evening. Glad to be with you. It is Sunday night. My name is Mark Meckler and this is the Battle Cry. I'm wearing my latest, greatest shirt. I don't know if you guys have noticed here. Uh, thank you, Producer G. It says, come and make me. This is my new travel shirt. I do wear the Hell No Joe, but I'm also wearing the come and make me when I'm in the airports. This is a play on the old Gonzalez flag from Texas that says, come and take it, which is about a cannon that they had. It used to have a cannon on it. We put, obviously, the hypodermic needle on it. Come and make me, because they can't. They're not going to make me take the shot. They're trying to make you take the shot. They're trying to make everyone take the shot. Now they're trying to make kids take the shot. We'll talk about that a little later on, but they can't come and make me. I'm not going to let them. I'm not going to give into it. And, uh, you know, we'll probably get banned for saying this, right? If you want one of these shirts, you can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash store. That's conventionofstates.com forward slash store. Got a lot of cool stuff there now. Got the Hell No Joe. Got the Come and Make Me. Got the Defiant t-shirt. Got a lot of cool stuff and more coming. We're making up some Hell No Joe stickers uh, that are like the Hell No Joe shirts you've seen. I just had some big giant ones made for the back windows of my Land Cruiser. They look very cool. I'm already getting questions about them, so we may have those made for your car as well. So if you got an SUV, you can put them on the big side back windows. You can put them on the back window of a pickup truck. So we'll see what the demand is like. If I drive around town and people say they want them, then we'll get them for you and we'll get them in the store. Again, conventionofstates.com forward slash store. That's just for you. All right. In the news this week, all kinds of stuff. One of my favorite subjects, because it's both sad and hilarious, is how bad California is. Now, most of you know, I'm a lifelong California resident, moved, escaped, became a refugee three years ago. Actually, this December 5th, I think it is, will be our three-year anniversary. And so here we are in Texas, and I constantly look back at California and think, yeah, I made the right decision. So one thing I'm going to say to you guys, if you live in California... If you live in another deep, deep blue state, I'm not talking if your state's on the margin. I'm talking if you live in a deep blue state like California, get out. Get out. I know it's hard. I did it. I know it's complicated and messy. I know there's family issues. I know there's business issues. I know some of you can't, and I'm sorry for that. But if you can, you should for multiple reasons. Look, California now, and I think this is kind of a, a tipping point for some people, they're going to ban my chainsaw. <laughs> they're going to ban gas-powered mowers. I love my riding mower. They're going to ban gas-powered weed whackers and blower. I mean, this is just so friggin' stupid because that's going to help prevent global warming, apparently. Do you know how many pounds of batteries you're going to need? And, and by the way, I like some of these electronic gadgets. Here in Texas, just because I wanted to, I do have an electric blower with a battery. I do have a chainsaw with a battery, but if I'm gonna go out and really do some serious work, my battery powered chainsaw ain't it. I need a gas powered chainsaw, I've got that as well. But they're gonna ban these things, gas powered chainsaws, gas powered leaf blowers, gas powered push mowers, gas powered riding mowers, anything under 25 horsepower, the plan is to ban them by 2025. I want you to think about what that's gonna to do to small businesses. If you're trying to set up a business, you're gonna set up a business doing uh, landscaping maintenance services, gardening services. What are you going to need? 30 batteries, 40 batteries, 50 batteries to do a day's work? And what's that going to cost you to charge them every day? Where are you going to plug in that many batteries? I mean, this is just the stupidity of it. You know why they do this? Because if you're rich, it doesn't affect you. If you're Gavin Newsom, 
When was the last time you think Gavin Newsom picked up a power blower or a chainsaw or a lawnmower? Or when do you think the last time he mowed his own lawns or did any of his own yard work or anything that requires power equipment? The answer is maybe never in his life. Maybe, I don't know. And maybe he looks out his window and sees the guys doing yard maintenance and wishes they were using battery-operated equipment. You're talking the cost of the battery-operated equipment, by the way, especially the larger scale stuff, is over double what it costs for the gas-powered stuff. So once again, California does not give a damn about the little guy. California is turning into a surf society, a feudal society, where we're going to have the very rich and you're going to have the very poor, those who serve the very rich, and then you're not going to have a middle class anymore. I've been studying a lot about the middle class lately. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson has a great book. I just finished it today called The Dying Citizen. And it's about the dying out of the middle class. And the middle class is really where the citizen is made. The concept, the idea of the citizen actually comes from ancient Greece. And the citizen was considered the middle, the middle class. That was the most elevated in society as far as their stature and what people thought of them. The, the rich were considered lazy. The poor were considered lazy. The rich had too much idle time. They didn't know how to work with their hands. They didn't produce anything. The poor were considered lazy. But the middle class were elevated. And they were the ones that had land. They worked with their hands. They generally were the warriors. And that was an important, stable part of society. And it kept the other classes from going crazy, sometimes from fighting among each other. The middle class was the buffer on everything. And in California, they're killing the middle class. So they're going to do away with gas lawnmowers and leaf blowers. Uh, and now they're going to mandate gender neutral toy aisles for major retailers. Because this is a major problem. Like, can you imagine what a problem this is in society? That you have boys toys and girls toys in different aisles. Oh my God, the, the trauma. I can't even imagine what it's, how bad it's hurting California society. They actually have to now mandate they're going to have toy aisles that are gender neutral toy aisles. Maybe that's my excuse. Maybe because I wandered up and down non-gender neutral toy aisles when I was a kid. The trauma was so severe. Look at me today. It just turned me into a rebel, right? So this is what California is doing. They've got all the problems they've got. They've got people leaving the state in droves. It's hard to get U-Hauls to leave the state, right? They've got the highest gas prices in the nation. Now, I just saw it was 463. I think that's around what it was when I left, maybe five bucks a gallon. Came here, it was like two bucks a gallon or something. So it's double what it is in states like Texas. It's hurting the poor. That's what this new regulation on power equipment is doing, hurting the poor, because this is what the wealthy Democrats want for California. Uh, so they're paying the highest tax prices. They've got the second highest income tax rates in this in the nation. Used to be the highest, but New York decided they wanted to outdo them. But they do. You should feel very safe because they have gender neutral toy aisles and major retailers. A very important thing. I'm sure all other states are going to be fine. I'm sure Texas will be right behind. So that's California. And meanwhile, what do the California do, voters do with that? Here's what California voters do. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Give me more and make it harder, right? Beat me harder. The beatings will continue until morale improves. So the California voters stay. I mean, this is incredible. I'm looking. Here's, here's some comments. I'm telling you, it's time to move. Ed Brokoff says, left the deep blue state of New Jersey last December, now in Florida. Smart move, Ed. 
John Spina says, here in New Jersey, moving to Florida very soon. Very smart. I mean, this is what you've got to do. I'm calling on you, and I have been lately, to do the hard things. Flee the blue states. And where you should really go, go to swing states. Go to states like Ohio. Go to Florida. Go to Texas. Go to states that are sort of moving blue. We need as many conservatives as we can get in California. I'll take a million more conservatives in Texas would be awesome. But California voters, meanwhile, they apparently dig this stuff. They love it. And by the way, I heard a stat today in uh, Victor Davis Hansen's new book, 150,000 taxpayers in California pay approximately 60% of the state's income tax burden. That's insane. There are almost 40 million people in California and 60% of the state's income tax burden is paid by 150,000 taxpayers. Absolutely just lunatic stuff. All right, moving along, speaking of lunatic stuff, our president is, yes, a lunatic. I mean, not a lunatic as in a crazy person, but a crazy person as in he has dementia. And everybody seems to know it. The leftist media doesn't really want to talk about it. It's talked about widely on the right. It's pretty obvious if you listen to him. He mumbles. He stumbles. He, he literally can't link two sentences together. He can barely get through a single sentence. If he goes off script at all, it gets insane really quickly. And the American people are noticing not only that, but just the general incompetence. By the way, don't forget Afghanistan. There's still a bunch of school kids from California stuck in Afghanistan. I think it's 12, 15 school kids stuck over there. Whole bunch of Americans left, whole bunch of Afghanis who helped us left over there. So they saw Biden's incompetence. Biden lied, people died. That's actually real. Don't forget the 13 men and women that died in the attack at the gate, right? So all this stuff going on, you've got the economy is tanking. Did you see the job report this week? Absolutely incredible. They're expecting to add 5 million jobs. And what did they do? They added 975,000, 20% of what they expected. So these are disastrous numbers. Last month was disastrous as well. Inflation is spiraling out of control. Like if you're a regular person, you know that, right? The cost of groceries going up. The cost of fuel is going up as we go into winter. It's going to cost a lot more to heat your house. You know that. Who doesn't know that? Joe Biden doesn't apparently know that because he came out and said the economy's gangbusters. Everything's going great. It's a recovery. It's awesome. And even the leftist media reacted to this. They punched back hard and they said, what is he talking about? It's not good. Inflation is up. The numbers are down. The job numbers are down. It's not good. It's not good. The American people know it because Biden's job rating now, according to Quinnipiac, which is not a conservative poll, job rating down to 38%. I think the highest I've seen re recently is 48%. It's plumbing. Here's an interesting difference between Biden and between Trump. Trump had a floor. Like there was a certain amount. He, he couldn't go below a certain amount of approval rating because he had a hardcore base. A lot of people who love Trump, right? Love his rhetoric, love his policies, love what he did as president. So you weren't going to turn them off no matter what. Biden doesn't have that. Nobody loves Joe Biden. There are people who voted for Joe Biden as an alternative to Trump. There are people who voted for Joe Biden because they wanted a return to quote unquote normalcy. That didn't work out very well. But whatever they were, nobody said, I'm so excited to vote for Joe Biden. So as his policies demonstrate what a failure he is, as we see the economy crashing, as we see inflation spiraling, as we see Afghan, uh, Afghanistan spiraling out of control, as we see all this stuff happening, by the way, more COVID deaths. 
under Joe Biden, who was going to smash COVID and reopen the economy. More COVID deaths under him than Trump already. And as we see all that unfolding, his approval plummets. And with him, he's taking the rest of the Democrat Party. <clears throat> Republicans have the biggest lead on the generic ballot that they've had in a decade. And it looks like they're going to do very well in 2022. If we can make it that long, and if the elections actually work, that's always questionable, right? We don't know, but we'll see. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a good 2022 for Republicans. Now, by the way, that doesn't thrill me all that much because Republicans generally do a very poor job. Because somebody was telling me if the Republicans take over the House, Kevin McCarthy is going to be Speaker of the House. And you know what I said? Yeah. That's not going to do us any good. What's Kevin McCarthy going to do? Is he going to provide bold conservative leadership, bold strategic conservative leadership? I don't think so. He's a California Democrat. I mean, uh, sorry, California Republican. I'm a little confused. Republican, Democrat, Kevin McCarthy. Sometimes it's hard to tell. He's a good fundraiser. That's apparently what will make him Speaker of the House. So while I hope for the success of people who are more conservative, I have a feeling what we're going to get is we're going to get a squishy Republican House of Representatives. But California's leading the way. I'm telling you, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Leave the state. Do the hard thing. Leave the state you live in if it's a blue state and go somewhere else. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's simple. It's complicated, but you got to do it. You got to do the hard thing. All right. Are you watching the school boards? I hope you're watching the school boards. We went out to dinner last night here in Texas. There were some big billboard ads about school board races. Never seen that before. The school board has become the flashpoint in American politics, and well, it should. Parents are realizing what's going on at the school boards. They're showing up. Parents, grandparents, neighbors, citizens, to use that word again. I'm going to school board meetings. Hopefully, you're going to school board meetings. This is the flashpoint. These school boards, they've never been accountable before. They're pissed off. They don't like being accountable. And we're going to drive a lot of them out. By the way, Ann Kay says she's moving from California to Tennessee. God bless you, Ann. Smart move. By the way, I was in Tennessee this week. I was on the Mike Huckabee show. You can go look that up online, look up Huckabee's show. You can see him in his show, talking about Convention of States, talking a little bit about Parler and Big Tech. Uh, there's a picture of me with the governor. Nice pink tie, governor. He was looking sharp. So we had a good time. He's got a beautiful theater there. Anyway, good job, man. Smart move, moving from California to Tennessee. I'm, I'm imploring you, if you're in a blue state, get out before it's too late. It's not going to get better. It's a fantasy if you think it's going to get better because too many voters in those places are voting to take more abuse. They want higher taxes. They want higher gas prices. They want more regulation. They want gender neutral toy aisles, right? So just got to get out while you can. Okay, so the school boards are exploding. People are there and Merrick Garland just played, <clears throat> pardon the expression, but the Trump card. Like this might cause Trump to run because he says now that the DOJ is going to be looking into parents who show up at the school boards because they're kind of like, you know, terrorists. Yeah, you know, when you go to a school board and you're mad and you yell at the school board, that makes you kind of like uh, terrorists. BLM, Antifa, burning down cities, looting stores, killing people, 27 dead, over $2 billion in uninsured property damage. Mm, not so much like terrorists, but you going to a school board, waiting in line politely to express your opinion and tell them what a bunch of idiots they are. You're like a terrorist. And here's what I have to say to Merrick Garland about that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the reason I appreciate it is 
he just pissed people off a lot more. He just made people like me, people like you, want to participate a lot more, want to be in the fight a lot more, want to go to school board meetings a lot more. And other than move, that's something you should definitely do too. Go to the school board meeting. If you're in a blue place, go to the school board meeting. Make them uncomfortable. Make them feel horrible for being such idiots, for trying to teach your kids all this LGB, whatever it is, agenda, all the crazy sexual stuff they're trying to teach your kids. Call them out for doing that. Call them out for mask mandates that are anti-science. Call them out like in California where they're trying to force vaccines on you, on kids. By the way, kids are at more risk from the vaccines than they are from COVID. But we're going to force them to take vaccines. It's It's madness. Uh, Gene Stanton says, I left New York for the free state of Texas and haven't looked back. Welcome to Texas, Gene. Glad to have you here. When did you move? Let me know. Uh, I've been here three years. I love it. It's good to do. So the school board explosion, I think, means good things for a rising momentum of a movement. This is like the Tea Party movement back in 2010. I think it's bigger. I think it's more powerful. I say that as a guy that was there at the forefront of the Tea Party movement. So I'm really excited to have you guys Get out of your states, get to a new state, participate in the school boards. Let's take back the schools. Let's pull your kids out of the schools. That's another thing you can do. If you're in a blue state, don't leave your kid in the schools. Just don't. And you say, well, I don't have the time to homeschool. I don't know how to homeschool. Look, I know it's not easy, but you've got to do it. You have to do it. You have to fight for your rights. And the one thing you have to fight for is you've got to fight for your kids. All right, let's move to the uh, CCP, one of my favorite subjects the Chinese Communist Party, the most evil political actors on the face of the earth, our worst geopolitical foe in history. And yeah, I do realize when I say that I'm comparing them to Nazi Germany because the Chinazis are worse than the Nazis were. They are ethnic cleansers. 93% of the population in China are what are called ethnic Han Chinese. They believe they're superior. They're wiping out, they're committing genocide against the Uyghurs. Like anybody who's not like them, they're going to wipe out. They hate me, they hate you, they hate us, and they intend to dominate the world. And right now, by the way, in Fujian province, they're saying that they're expecting a resurgence of the CCP virus, right? And they're preparing for it. And according to their planning, they need over 83,000 quarantine beds. Couldn't happen to a nicer country. Really, couldn't happen to a nicer country. They unleash this on the world. I don't know whether it was intentional. I don't know whether it was a mistake. This is the CCP virus, and they should pay for it. They should pay us for it. We should cancel our national debt, our debt to, to China. They should pay the entire world back for what they unleashed on the world. They try to blame us. They try to blame everybody else. We all know it was the CCP, and they're evil. And that's another thing you should do is you should try and fight against that. I try. It's hard. I don't, I'm not successful. I try not to buy Chinese-made products. We try to sell as few Chinese made products as we can in our store. These shirts made in the USA. I think the hats are made in the USA too. We try to do as many things as we can made in the USA and we mark them made in the USA. So if you want to support made in the USA, you can buy those things on our website. Costs more by the way. You want a label that says made in the USA? You want something made in the USA? You're going to pay a little bit more for it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to forego some convenience. We're going to forego some stuff that we might otherwise want so that we can support goods made in the USA. I think it's super important that we do so. All right, I'm gonna give you a quick update on COS around the country. Uh, right now, I just came back, as I said, I, uh, I just came back from Tennessee. God, I can't even, <laughs> I 
Now I feel like Joe Biden. Where am I? Where did I just go? Travel so much, it's hard to keep track. So I just came back from Nashville, Tennessee, where I did uh, the Huckabee show. And tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'll be traveling to South Carolina, just doing some legislative meetings. I'll just be there overnight and in the morning, then flying home. Uh, North Carolina is close. We're still stuck in North Carolina. If you're there, talk to your senators, be polite, don't stop. I had a meeting with the North Carolina team over this weekend. I'm so proud of those guys. They're there at the Capitol every single day. They're there with their COS signs. I hear the legislators complaining, those COS people are mean to us. You know why they say we're mean? Because we say, hey, have you voted on COS yet? You need to vote on COS. You need to support COS. They don't like it. They want us to just give up and go home. You know what we're going to do? We're not giving up. We're not going home. Once they pass it, then we'll be done with that. And we'll move on to the other things that are important to COS activists. We're really close in Wisconsin. I was just there a couple of weeks ago with Senator Rick Santorum. It went very well. It was a great event. Uh, we took Capitol Hill. We went there. We had 150, 200 people in the rotunda singing patriotic songs. It was fantastic. We've passed the assembly, which is their equivalent of a House of Representatives. They're, they're called an assembly. Passed that. We're in the Senate. We have the votes in the Senate. We're waiting for Senator Jacques. We're praying for his speedy recovery from COVID. He got really sick, but he's coming back. And then we have one more senator that was out on military leave, military duty in the reserves. And once he's back, those two are back, we'll call the vote. That'll be state number 16. So I'm really excited. We're going to hit number 16. We've got North Carolina in the docks. We've got uh, Ohio coming up soon. We've got Pennsylvania is looking really good. I'm going to be in Pennsylvania shortly. And by the way, if you haven't registered for this, November 4th or through November 8th, we're going to teach a constitutional defense court at front Sight in Nevada. I've done this once before. It was super fun. About 150 COS Patriots came out. I'm hoping for more this time. You can come out. Rick Green sponsors this. He teaches about the Constitution, the Second Amendment during the day. We learn about firearms. We're out there. We're shooting. It's hard work, by the way. Really intense. Even if you think you're really good, you need this training. I learned how much I needed it. Even if you don't know anything and you've never even held a gun, it's great training. It's good for beginners. It's good for intermediate. It's good for advanced. November 4th through 8th at Frontside Constitutional Defense. Uh, Producer G, I don't know if you've got a registration link for that. You can throw up on the screen. But if you find that, it is the Constitutional Defense, November 4th through November 8th. Me and Rick Green. Patty's going to come out there with me, spend the time with me. And we're going to learn more about handgun safety and about the Constitution. So come out and join me. Uh, and then last but not least... Q&A, the most important part of the evening. So we're going to go to Q&A. Let's see what we've got here. We've got Mitzi Turpin says, I just attended a COS meeting yesterday in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Very encouraging to see other patriots. You know, one of the things I think that's so cool about that, Mitzi, is Tennessee is one of our past states. They already passed the Convention of States Resolution. This is important. It is more than a convention. Convention of States is about more than just calling a convention. It's great that Tennessee already passed. But what's coming next is... You guys are going to have to fight for the things that you want in Tennessee. So you're going to organize. You're going to be a self-governing activist army. What I'm going to do, what we're going to do is provide you the resources you need to be in the fight because you need to be in the fight. These are existential times. This is a time when the country is going to fall or stand. We're going to rise from the ashes or we're going to be swept into the ash bin of history. And the question is, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? Not me. I already know what I'm going to do. I'm in the fight. 
I'm traveling around the country. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll come support you. I'll come to Tennessee. I'll go to North Carolina, go to South Carolina. I'll go, I'll go anywhere, anywhere you guys need me. That's where I'm going to be. And the question is, what are you going to do? Like, I know Mitzi's in the fight, right? She attended a COS meeting. I, I know Gene's in the fight. I mean, I'm getting these messages. I see Wayne's in the fight. He left Maryland. Now he's in Florida. Ann Kay's in the fight. She's moving from California to Tennessee. Ingrid Schoen's in the fight. The question is, are you in the fight? So let me tell you what you need to do to be in the fight. You need to go to conventionofstates.com. You need to click on the petition. And you click on the petition, you sign the petition, it's going to send that to your legislators. This is true even if you're in a state that's already passed. A lot of the legislators, they're new, they haven't been around, they weren't there when we passed Convention of States. You do that. That's step one. That's good. I appreciate it if you do that. That's not really enough. What you need to do next is you need to go to the Take Action tab. You need to click on Volunteer. And when you click on Volunteer, it's going to show you all the different ways that you can volunteer. Go to conventionofstates.com forward slash take underscore action. Producer G's got that on the screen right now. You do that, you take action, you volunteer. Somebody's going to contact you. They're going to get you engaged. Maybe I'll call you personally. You never know. But we're going to get you signed up. We're going to get you doing stuff that matters. This is not just a place where you put your name in. That's not, that's not enough. It's not a place where you just sign the petition. I do see Sherry signed in New York State. I appreciate that, Sherry. Now click on Take Action and get involved. All right, the key here tonight, the call to action is, if you're in a really blue state, if you can get out, it's time to make your escape. It's time to plan. Jackie La Barbera, she's a new regional captain. Thank you, Jackie, appreciate you. Look, let's see, uh, Aaron's asking, is Nebraska a conservative enough state that I don't need to move to Texas? I think the answer is yeah. Stay in Nebraska, make your legislature more conservative. That's what you should be doing in Nebraska. Get involved. We've got a team there. I think we're going to pass this coming year, so definitely get involved in Nebraska. But the main thing is, right now, I'm just laying it on the line. Move. It's time for you to move. Texas is already in. Oklahoma's already in. Nebraska's almost in. But if you're in a blue state, get out. It's time to go. Take action. Be bold. Be in the fight. God bless you guys. Thanks for being with me on the Battle Cry this week. We'll see you next week on the Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of the Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Originally aired as a live video broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States on YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.